for the first time, I seen my mom like offer the guy, you know, hey, why, why don't you come come eat with us? Come, ha come have a slice of pizza with us. And the guy was so grateful. And, you know, we had pizza. We talked and stuff like that. She was explaining my situation to him. And uh, we dropped him off back. And I was like, hey, why'd you do that? You know, you never, you never did that before. And she says, you know, be because that guy was you. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Second Win Podcast. I am the great one here with Jay Mills. And today we have an episode and a guest that I am very excited about. The iconic, legendary, barstool legend, Jersey <laughs> legend, Jersey Jerry. It was always, always Jersey always, Jerry. Thank always. you for coming on the show, my brother. Dude, I got to say, uh, the operation here is, you know, a couple episodes in <laughs> is, is, is great. Appreciate it. Really it really is. It's really special to be here. I feel like this interaction was long overdue. Like I see your content all the time and you're really good friends with like my right hand man, cuz, and you're really good friends with like our brother, Danny Hustlehard. And I was, yeah. I'm seeing you all over social media. I'm like, this guy is hilarious. I send your clips to cuz all the time. I'm like, bro, I got to meet this guy. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad our first interaction is on the second win. Oh yeah, dude. And Danny is, Danny drove me to the city this morning. How he fast is, you get there? He's a I got there fast. Two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, he is great. And the thing is with him, he's just too reckless. <laughs> so sometimes, like, I really want to ride to the city, and I'll say, you know what? I have a bad feeling about today with Danny. I'm right. going to take the train. He throws water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> he just is a menace. Bro. He's liable to drive on the sidewalk yeah, if you're late. A hundred percent. Oh, dude, though, great guy. Well, Jerry, man, uh, you know, first off, you know, just tell the people about what do you do at Barstool yeah. and how you got into doing that. Yeah. So basically for me, I'm just a content creator for Barstool. How I got into it was, um, I guess it was about 2015. I just said, you know what? I'm just going to start making funny videos. And because all my friends growing up always thought I was a funny kid. Then I had some, you know, um, tough times and I, I got away from being the funny guy. And then uh, my life kind of changed around. And I said, you know what? I, I don't care. I'm going to start making videos. I want to make people laugh. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much how it happened. I just started putting out some content, some funny clips of my mom and, and little stuff like that, going to horse races and betting on <laughs> horse races and making great videos. And then, yeah, dude, it just turned into, you know, Dave offered me a job at Barstool and I just kind of kept doing the same thing. Yeah. So it was, so was being in Barstool part of the plan or was it just like you were doing your thing and it just kind of just fell into you, place? You know, it was never part of being in the plan Barstool. I didn't really know much about Barstool. I knew who Dave Portnoy was, but um, I had a Steelers video that kind of went viral. Well, it mm. did go viral and it got millions and millions of views. And then, Dave was actually reached out to me and his team and invited me to go meet them for an event. And that was my first interaction with Dave ever. That's dope. So uh, I kind of got more into Barstool in about 2000 and I'd say 17, 18. And then it just, you know, I kept on doing videos and it just somehow, some way I, I found myself back in the mix. Yeah. People love you, bro. You're like, it's so genuine. The yeah. energy is ridiculous and it's so authentic. It's like, the video, I forget what you were doing, but what's the one with his mom? That's the one. Walmart. 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 <laughs> that video had me on the ground rolling. Yeah, dude, that dude, that shit crazy. was hilarious. Get the fuck out! Fuck yourself! You want to go to Walmart? Why the fuck would I want to go to Walmart? I'm going to Walmart with 
she's crazy, bro. The thing is, my mom is such an awesome person. She's great, great cook. Um, she's crazy though, bro. Like she'll turn <laughs> on you in a second. Right. Like you know, I still live at home with my mom. Yeah. I'm in the basement apartment downstairs, and like I'll get a text. You know, if I'm not home at like five thirty, hey, where you at? Like, okay, like, mom, I'm 27. You know right. what I mean? Like, chill out, bro. She's like, oh, why isn't your bed made? She's crazy, bro. She's nuts. Yeah. Um, the first content that I saw of you was the whole uh, Justin Fields thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you seem like, you know, meeting you, you seem like the most humble, like, respectful guy yeah. ever. How did that, like, beef i guess you could call it even start so listen i went i went to an event it was like an uh, like an autograph event for like players were there and whatnot and uh you know i got to get some autographs justin herbert nick bosa great guys uh, a couple former steelers rod woodson mm-hmm. was there and uh you know justin fields was walking and i was with somebody and they said jerry you should get a picture with justin fields and i'm like yeah you think so I wasn't ever like a big fan of his, yeah. but uh, he's like, no, it'd be great. Post it on Twitter or whatever. Shows that you met Justin Fields. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. I asked him for a picture and I got like the dirtiest look ever. Right. Like, sure, I guess. And I'm like, man, this was a bad idea. I should have never asked for a picture. <laughs> so we took the picture and it was like a funny picture because we both looked so pissed right. off. <laughs> so I said to myself, you know what? Fuck this motherfucker. I said, I'm getting in my car and I'm going to make a video and I'm just going to bash him. Right. Because like this whole event is for like meeting people, signing autographs, you know, oh. taking pictures like that's what his job was to do that day. Yeah. yeah. And so- listen, I understand people have bad days. I get that. But you know what I do when I have a bad day and I don't want to take a picture with fans that I see walking in New York City. Mm-hmm. I say, sure, no problem. And I put on a fake smile. Right. You know. So do you think your relationship with Justin could ever be mended? In, you know, uh. I'm sure he's seen the video. He didn't block me, which is cool. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I put the curse to rest. I put the curse to rest about three weeks ago. And it shows Justin's performance. Once I put the curse to rest <laughs> is going up. The Jersey Jerry curse. I, yeah, I put it to rest because, you know what? The Pittsburgh Steelers are having a really bad year. And Justin Fields was having a bad year in the beginning of the season. And I say, you know what? I can make this right. And I said, I'm going to put a curse. I'm going to end the curse. And I ended it. And look, the guy's balling. balling yeah. I mean, he's rushing. He's doing He's doing everything. Things. The power of Jersey Jerry. Yeah. I mean, Steelers got to, I mean, I'm still might be cursed. Though. Fuck. Steelers. Um, you know, this podcast is called The Second Wind, yeah. right? And your second wind is so inspiring. Um, I watched that first episode, A Friend of Jerry. Yeah. And even before meeting you, I always said to Cuz, like, this guy is so genuine. He's so real. He's so pure. He's so authentic. Like he says what is on his mind. He doesn't care who oh, judges yeah. him for what. Right. Um, and you kind of epitomize like the type of person that we want on this show. Like they went through a lot of stuff yeah. and they turn it all around. You know, you, you talked about being addicted to crack, you yeah. know, heroin, yeah. doing both at the same time, yeah. you know, going to 13 different rehabs, um, smacking a, heroin dealer with, yeah. a, with a baseball yeah. bat yeah you know that's like those guys who sell heroin they have something to protect it usually oh, yeah. right so you're like you're gambling yeah. with your life at that point yeah can you just take us through like that whole everything yeah it's like you know it started out um in high school just like prescription pills you know what i mean just you know get introduced to different things like that smoking weed and uh you know i did did that and i never really cared for it much and then you know, the year went by and I uh, 
started to find myself like taking it every day and like, you know, stealing it from my medicine cabinet at home that, that was for my grandmother. And then once that ran out, you know, I would just be like, oh shit, now I'm feeling like kind of sick. I really want this, this pill that made me feel better. And then, you know, started to get it off the street. And, you know, I never really knew I had a problem until probably my, uh, my second or third time around in rehab. But, um, you know, in rehab, I was, uh, I went there, I was the youngest kid there. I was 18 years old and it was, it was called integrity house in Newark, which is a couple blocks down the road mm -hmm. from where we're at now. And, uh, I went there, I was the youngest kid there and people were there from like prison stipulated their drug court and whatnot. And, you know, I seen all these people and, uh, you know, I wasn't there and I didn't have really a good mindset being there. I just wanted to like get out. Yeah. And, uh, somebody told me like, Oh, like, you know, have you ever tried crack or heroin? I'm like, nah. I would never do that. Well, bullshit, because when I got out, I went to the spot that I got the pills and I'm like, hey, you guys have heroin. And the guy said, yeah, you know, and I copped it. And uh, dude, I'm telling you, from then on, um, 19 to 21, I went on a uh, a sick run. It was, um, you know, I ended up, you know, 13 different treatment centers, uh, homeless on the street, picking up cigarette buds off the ground, begging people for money on the, on the side of a Dunkin' Donuts dumpster one shower and the thing is i always um i always was able to go home because my mom my mom always gave me a safe place to go home to but i was so embarrassed yeah that yeah. i let down my mom i let down my sister and you know i just didn't want to face it when i got home because they all knew i was do what i was doing and you know it got to the point where my mom had to lock her bedroom door mm -hmm. and stuff like that i was stealing my sister's laptops and pawning it and, and getting rid of it to go buy more drugs and uh Dude, uh, I hit a wall at like 21 years old and I just said to myself, I woke up one day and I just said, this ain't it, man. This ain't it. Yeah. You know, being out, being on this run for, it was a two year run. And, and in that span, I went to probably about four psych wards, probably about seven or eight detoxes and 13 inpatient facilities. Jeez. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. But yeah. that, that makes you like appreciate your mom so much oh, dude, yeah you know because there's people whose parents would once they're doing that shit it's just like, let them go yeah he's done yeah you sure. know and you talk about your mom in such a great light and she was yeah. always there for you like she always, always had your back always. i feel like it takes you to be at the position you're at now to look back and be like damn like my mom really had my back you dude, know not only did she have my back my dad has been struggling for 30 years now yeah you know drug dealer drug user um Supported his mom, and he did that through selling drugs from yeah. when he was mm -hmm. like 14. He's done multiple prison bids, and my mom and dad have been together for like 35, 40 years. And my mom had to live it with with my dad. And now my dad was in prison. My, this whole time that I was struggling, my dad was in Northern State Prison. And now she had to do it all over again, yeah. but this time with her son. Mm -hmm. So she got she got bad 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 <laughs> bad experience to all this stuff bro right. she got a bad uh de deal of the cards man yeah so going through all of that right and mm -hmm. bouncing back and catching your second win right now how are you mentally and physically today like at this point in your life and looking back dude you know uh people always ask me you know you regret anything you went through and i'm like nah man nah man um i don't because my story you know i, I realized over time my story can now help someone who's a 19, 18, whatever, 17-year-old kid 
who who's living this type of life and now he gets to see like oh my god like if i don't live that type of life look what i can be you know mm -hmm. today i have like a dream job you know what i mean yeah. like i go sit in a fucking office and watch sports <laughs> and talk about no, that, it that is the that's the life like dude at that point you know i put out some videos i make some content like i'm doing what i love to do you know yeah. what i mean and it's all because i i stopped and i stayed sober you know right. that's amazing that is so, that's so tough. I can't imagine being like addicted to something for that long. Yeah. And then like kind of finding the strength to just be like, one day this is, that's it. I'm not yeah, doing yeah, so, it so anymore. How it kind of happened was, it was um, July 2nd. It was July 2nd, 2015. Um, my mom, so her routine every morning would be like, she would go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a cup of coffee and then drive to work. Mm -hmm. So this, this time... Um, I was always at a Dunkin' Donuts that I knew she didn't go to. Yeah. This day, somehow, some some way, she was going to the same Dunkin' Donuts for like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, they, they were doing some renovations in the, in the one she used to go to. So, she went to a different one. Right. And I was sitting next to a dumpster, having showered, um, just looked terrible, bro. And she goes in, gets her coffee, and she comes out, and she sees me in next to the dumpster, and she just breaks down, bro. And she's Damn. like- come home. She's like, I, I want, I want you to go far away. And, um, the next day, July 3rd, I was on a plane to Scottsdale, Arizona. Jeez. Yeah, man. Shout out to mama. She's, she's tough. Life's um, over. what, you know, what advice, like your biggest advice that you would give to anybody battling addiction or, you yeah. know, going through something like that? Yeah. Uh, I would say this, man, you know, um, don't give up, man. Don't give up and hold on because, you know, the moment you give up, you you, ju you just call it quits and you just say, fuck it. And, you know, not only not only did other people not give up on me, but, you know, there's a point during my stay in rehab where I didn't want to be there my last time around. Mm -hmm. I was like maybe 60 days in and I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go home. And, you know, I finally had came to the realization and I said to myself, you know what, this time around, I, I want to do it different. I, I'm going to take the suggestions and I'm, from other people who are, who are talking to me and telling me, hey, you shouldn't go home. You're not, it's too early for you to go home. Yeah. You know, you don't have that much sobriety under your belt. You're, you know, you got 60 days sober. What are you going to do? Go back home and, and, and do what? You don't even have a job lined up. You have nothing. And, you know, I took other people's advice, which really helped. And I didn't give up. And, you know, my first job was bagging groceries at a, at a, at a Safeway. And that was the first job I ever had, you know, yeah. bagging groceries. And, and I, you know, I realized, you know, it was probably one of the funnest times I've ever had That's besides dope. this time. Yeah, well, for <laughs> sure, right. for but sure. dude, you know, cause it taught me like, um, you know, I always look down on other people like early in life, you know, yeah, we all do. And, and I said like, oh, I would never be that guy bagging grocery at 40 years old. You know what I mean? And even though I wasn't 40 years old, I was bagging groceries and it was really humbling, bro. Yeah. It really was. And I, and I learned how to save money. You know, I, I learned how, how to appreciate, you know, the company I work for. My goal was not to make a bunch of money. My goal was to make my boss happy. Yeah. And, you know, it just, you know, it just, just happened that way for me, man. You know, my first job doing that. Then I got into like electrician work, mm -hmm. you know, and then just took off from there. Yeah. I think. Like something that I'm big on is treating the mailman like you treat the CEO, yeah, right? Dude. So going through something like that, oh yeah, is like once you now get to a point of success, you're like, damn, I'm never ever gonna look at this person and say I'm too good for this, or yeah. look at that person and say I'm too good for that, and like 
that's why I love like all your content. I love how you act towards people yeah. because it's like you don't genuine see, vibes. Yeah, you yeah. don't see anyone for their status. You see them no. as humans first, dude. So my, getting back to my mom, so I was like a year or two sober, and I went home for Christmas, and uh, we were going to get. I think I think we were going to get pizza one night, and my mom was the type of person who never gave people money on the street, never gave food, people uh-huh. food on the street, never. She was never like that. We would be, I remember being a little kid, we would be at a light, she'd be locked the door, locked the door, you know? And uh, for the first time I seen my mom like offer the guy, you know, hey, why, why don't you come come eat with us? Come, ha- come have a slice of pizza with us. And the guy was so grateful. And you know, we had pizza, we talked and stuff like that. She was explaining my situation to him. And uh, we dropped him off back and I was like, hey, why'd you do that? You know, you never, you never did that before. And she says, you know, be- because that guy was you, you know, because he yeah. was you. And uh, I was like, wow, you know. See a whole different perspective. So she has a whole different perspective on the situation now, you know. So looking back, you know, and uh, on your journey into where you are now, what's something that you want to accomplish from here on out? Or have you already accomplished one of your biggest goals? Yeah, you know, I, co- I accomplished some small goals that I had in mind. You know, one of the goals was to have start a family, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a little boy now. Oh, he's congratulations, the, yeah, man. That's dope. He's a year old, dude. He's awesome. It's great being a dad. You know, that was a small goal of mine. Uh, my next goal, uh, I need to get the fuck out of my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, though. It's like, you know. No, dude, it's, it's great. It's great. But, you know, I got a little family now and stuff like that. It's just like the market is just crazy, bro. It's yeah. tough to fucking own, man. It's insane right now. Yeah, but another big goal I have actually is, you know, and it might take some time to achieve, but I would love to open up my, like, own sober living yeah. or own treatment center. And I know that's years away, but, um, you know, I, I just think, I just think we need, we need a lot more. Mm-hmm. We really do because there's not enough help out there. Yeah. What? So looking back, right. Uh, I looked and researched you a lot, man. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how, when you were in Scottsdale, Arizona, the guy who ran your section, mm-hmm. the head guy, you said he really changed your life. Yeah. So, you know, not to speak for you, but who inspires you? You know, because yeah. that seemed like a guy who really inspired you as well. But other than him, because we, we've heard you talk about him, but who inspires yeah. you? Yeah. So so basically, like, I, I owe all this to my mom, you know, my family. Um, but at the same time, this this guy, he was uh, he made me realize the big picture. And I never understood the big picture. I always thought like I was just hurting myself. And, you know, I went into the I went into rehab and I, you know, there were stories on like, hey, you don't want to get this guy like he's a mean guy he's gonna scream at you from like other patients there mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah hopefully i don't get this guy and i got introduced to him and uh um uh, he came up to me he's like hey where are you from what's your drug of choice i went to shake his hand he's like i ain't shaking your fucking hand bro you're you're a junkie and he had like seven years sober at the time and he's a mean guy and i told my drug of choice crack cocaine heroin um from new jersey and he said perfect you know you're in my room it's called the lion's den. And I'm like, fuck, now I got this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. But it happened to be the best thing that ever happened to me because this guy made me see the big picture and I didn't understand it. And what he did every day was, you know, he broke you down to feel like nothing. Like you were just, just non-existent. You were a piece of shit. But he said, you know, you're not just doing this to yourself. You're bringing other people down with you, your mother, your sister, your father. And I never understood that. I always thought it was like, oh, I'm just hurting my own life. I'm not taking them down with me. No, because, you know, there was so many sleepless nights they went through. You know, my mom had to spend money on lawyers for me when I would get arrested and whatnot. My mom had to get calls from other parents in the neighborhood like, hey, just so you know, your son's on the street. Like, that's embarrassing, bro. You know, and I didn't understand all that, all that, 
all what she was going through. And this guy exposed me to it. And I said to myself during my stay there, I never forget this moment. It's like one of the biggest moments in my, my recovery story. I asked him, I said, you know, Joe, uh, when does it all stop? You know, when does it stop? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, when does it stop? Like, I'm tired of using crack cocaine. I'm tired of using heroin. I'm tired of getting arrested. I'm tired of letting my family down. My mom, she's probably so embarrassed. And he said to me, he says, it'll never stop until you stop. And I stopped. And I never looked back. So, you know, um, getting back to Joe Ross, man, he, uh, he saved my life. He saved my life. And the sad part about this disease is, you know, and he's, I, we talked in the past, he's perfectly fine with me telling this story. Um, we're super close. You know, he ended up relapsing a couple of years back, you know, but he's back on his feet. He's doing his thing. You know what I mean? He's getting back into things, but you know, it just shows that like, you know, this thing is an everyday battle. It's not yeah. like, oh, you got five years sober. You'll be sober for the rest of your life. And like, no, it don't work like that. Because mm-hmm. a guy who went from sleeping under a bridge to one of the biggest, biggest drug counselors in Arizona, you know, for multiple years of sobriety, almost seven to eight years of sobriety, he went back out, Damn. you know? So it's an everyday battle. Yeah, for sure. When you look at your life, right, what, how would you describe your life in one word. One word. And why? <laughs> one word to describe my life. Um, damn. There's a lot of words I would like to pick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say successful. Not in terms of money. Um, in terms of, you know, the impact I think I'm leaving uh, other people with on a day, day a daily basis, you know. Um, and I think that that determines success, you know, I think that determines, you know, how people view you, how they look at you, not like, oh, you know, if he's rich, because, you know, I'm not rich by no means. But, you know, I, I get messages all the time on Instagram from uh, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, people struggling to get sober. And it's like, you know, Jersey Jerry, like, thank you so much. You saved my son's life, you know, because I get I help people go into treatment. I help people go into sober livings. So I would say successful, man. And I got no problem saying that because, uh, you know, from where I was uh, to where I'm at now, it's like complete opposite, man. That's that's, a, that's amazing, bro. That's beautiful. And just, you know, yeah. um, to, reiterate what you, to reiterate what you were talking about before about, you know, all your friends coming back into your life and yeah. you know, family members, you know, you said at one point, you know, your mom was videotaping you in the house to make sure you weren't stealing yes. things. Yes. Like coming back and bouncing back from that to where you are now, like how'd you get back to a place where everyone's like, you know, yeah. Jerry, you know, we love you. You're back to, you know, being yourself. Yeah. So it takes time. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Um, I've been to so many different places. It took a while for my mom and my sister to come around. Like even when I had a year sober or two years sober coming home for Christmas from Arizona, they always like watched me close. They never like, I couldn't say like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to hang out with this guy. Like, no, like, you know, why are you going there? You know what I mean? So they always kept a keen eye on me and dude, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like this still haunts my mom so much. Like, yeah, she smiles. She's happy. She's great. But like, there's times where like she she comes downstairs and she's like, hey, you feeling OK? Is everything OK? Like and, you know, I try to say like, yeah, mom, like I'm doing great. Like, dude, I'm seven <laughs> years old. But I forget like, you know, I put this woman through so much. Mm-hmm. She has every right to ask me if I'm OK. She has every right to ask me if I'm not if I'm working till 11 o'clock at night watching football games at Barstool. Like, hey, where are you at? How come you're not home yet? Are you still working? And like in the moment, I'll get like a little upset. Like, dude, I'm working like chill. But then I realized like, nah, dude, you fucked up. 
because this haunts her, you know? Right. So I got to look at it in that, in that perspective as well. 100%. Yeah. She has every right to do that, yeah. but she doesn't have a right to ask you to go to Walmart when the game's yeah, not, <laughs> not Walmart. Not Walmart. <laughs> Fuck that. Not, not, not while the game's <laughs> on. I got, I got a question. How did you get the jersey in front of Jerry? Yeah, so, you know... I think it was a little bit of both. Me and the first guy I started to like do work with um, as far as like social media, funny videos and stuff like that. And I always wanted a nickname because everybody got a nickname. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> the Dave Portnoy Prez, you know, yeah, that's fine. Dan Katz, Big Cat. And I was like, I always, I always wanted like a nickname and I didn't really know what I wanted. And the one time... Uh, he, you know, we were talking on the phone. He's like, you know, what's good, man. You're from Jersey. You should be, you know, Jerry Jersey. And I'm like, I like that Jerry Jersey. And I'm like, wait, I said, I think Jersey Jerry sounds a lot better. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good too. I'm like, fuck, I'm sticking with it. You know, you just took it around. Damn, I need a nickname now. <laughs> Great one. Jersey Jerry. Yeah. I'm just Jarvis. Damn shit. Yeah. You just, you just Jarvis right now, boy. I don't, I don't know. You, you got to hit cuz cuz is the nickname. Cause, cause cause the I, I need a nickname cuz. Oh, you got to think. We got to think. Um, so you do the weekly, the signs. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite Love it. videos of the week every time yeah. we drop. But can I ask you, is there any signs leading up to the Super Bowl? Like, what can you tell Oof, me? Man, I think I think this year is Josh Allen's year, man. Oh, shit. I think he's hungry, bro. Yeah. I think he's hungry. And I'll tell you this. If the Bills don't win it this year because their team is built to win like right now. They got to win the next like year or two years, bro. You know, because there's some guys on defense they are getting older. You know what I mean? Um, who knows what's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball? They don't they haven't really had a running back. And I know Josh Allen is carrying the team. But like, you know, this guy's a mobile quarterback. You know, anything could happen. He runs the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think he wins it this year. I really okay. do. Oh. And I think if he doesn't win it this year, he ain't never winning one. Because this right. team right now. Dude, they're tough to be stopped. They're bro. loaded. They got no, it. built to win this year, right? This year, they got to win it this so year. So the signs from Jersey Jerry's Super Bowl prediction: Bills, the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, Bills. It's always the Bills. Yeah, I don't think the Giants have enough this year. You know, uh, some you never know. You never know. You never know. But I mean, we want to thank you for coming on yeah, the show, for sure, sure, Jerry. Man. You know, we wouldn't have anyone else. Besides Thank Jersey you. Jerry, it was always, always, man. It always. was always. I appreciate be Jersey the time, Jerry. bro. Oh, I really do. You're the man. It's great. You're the man. I'm still, I'm still amazed that you, uh, you're a big Steelers fan, being from out here, man. Mm -hmm. Everyone's a Giants or Jets fan. You know, my dad used to just dress me up in black and yellow, man, growing up, and he was a diehard Steelers fan. And you know, I just remember going to school one day, uh, and this kid had a Cowboys jersey on. I didn't have any jerseys. And he's like, hey, you should be a Cowboys fan. You're always, you, you know, wearing black and yellow. That's like the Steelers. You know, we don't really like each other. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a fucking Steelers fan. Fuck it. And I just took off. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Dave, shit. Well, shit, Jersey. Dave, <laughs> Jersey, Jerry, for coming on yeah. the show, man. Um, you know, your second win story is really, really inspiring, bro. And, you know, we want people to come here and, you know, talk about their real life experiences. And we just want to say thank you from second win, me, Gio, you know, the crew and staff for coming on here and getting us an amazing show. Yeah, man. man. For we sure, love bro. Thank we you. love how authentic you are, how genuine you are, and we love how your story can help change so many lives. You know, that's our goal here. And I think, you know, you epitomize your second win. I can't wait to see where you go from here. Yeah, None but to so the top, much. man. To, to the, the top. top man. I, got, I gotta go to Connecticut, get some pizza, bro. Yeah, it's bro always gotta, Jersey Jerry. Always, Thank you guys always. for tuning in. Like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we'll be tuned in, man. More fire guests on the way. Appreciate it.